There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positive or negative. The Yankees have swept the Twins. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon-to-be award-winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. If you know who that is screaming, yeah, send me an email, minnesotasportschat at gmail.com. I'll put together a small little prize pack for you. That's that's as good as it gets. I, I love that. Absolutely love that. Brings a smile to my face every time I hear it. Welcome inside edition number 164 of Yes, the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Award-winning, yeah, if only in my own mind. The guru himself, Daniel House from Gophers Guru, joins the podcast in just moments. We'll talk Vikings draft. We'll talk Gophers in the draft. I'm going to hit him with a new round of five filler questions as well. A big thank you to you for continuing to help grow Minnesota Sports Chat by downloading and subscribing to the pod. And thank you for telling your family and friends about the pod. That is very much appreciated. I truly mean that. Thank you so much. And thanks to Beans Coffee Company, coffeebybeans.com, for supporting this podcast. If you're listening in the Score North Taxi Squad feed, I encourage you to subscribe to Minnesota Sports Chat wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Daniel House, GophersGuru.com, MNVikingsCorner.com. Are you rested at all from the weekend? How you feeling? I'm, I'm recovering. It's the best time of year, though, Ross. I, I will take it any time of the day. The NFL draft and just grinding it out the last month to get ready for it has been, you know, it's over the course of the year, but the last month is where it really amps up. So I truly mean this. This is not me just buttering you up because you're so gracious to me in this podcast. But for those who don't know Daniel, he is very attentive and he is one of the nicest, kindest people you will ever meet. And you know he's in the throes of things when it takes him like a full day to reply to a text message. But I I, I, I got to be honest, Daniel, I, I sent you a text on Saturday during the draft knowing you wouldn't respond right away. But also kind of just doing it because I knew you would look at it and go, why is he texting me now? It's <laughs> it's round five of the NFL draft. So it was partially done by intention to kind of subtly jab at you, but also knowing you weren't going to get back to me right away, which I am fine with because I know how busy that weekend is for you. It's funny because I had that same thing where like probably eight text messages I received on day three of the draft and I was responding to those over the course of 24 to 48 hours. Like, I just got too much going on right now. I, I knew you would get to me. And uh, also, you never have to reply even as quick as you typically do. <laughs> just so you know, I'll get that out there for you. Uh, let's start with the Minnesota Vikings. And I think a good place to start is with their first draft pick. They had six. Jordan Addison goes in round one, pick number 23 to the Minnesota Vikings. With the 23rd pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Jordan Addison, 
Wide receiver, USC. Thanks to NFL Network for that audio. Jordan Addison comes via USC by way of the University of Pittsburgh. Daniel, if you follow mock drafts like I, I know you do and you put a lot of work into this, Addison was interesting when being mocked to the Vikings. A lot of mocks he started there. Then a lot of mocks shifted towards cornerbacks. Then a lot of mocks shifted towards quarterbacks. Then the day or two of the draft and before the draft, it kind of shifted back to wide receivers with Addison being mocked to the Vikings plenty of times. And here he is at pick number 23, new Minnesota Viking Jordan Addison. Yeah, I was not surprised they went wide receiver. I figured it would be a possibility. And the draft strategy was different this year, Ross, because they didn't have a second round pick. So there was a steep fall off when it came to the tiers of receivers once you got past the first round and Addison was selected. So Minnesota definitely wanted to get another receiver in here that could put some stress on the defense and help them with some of the ways that defenses are trying to take away Justin Jefferson and bracketing him and adding another complimentary weapon because these days the game of football is all about creating space in the passing game. Teams got to stress defenses by making them defend every blade of grass and offenses are doing this by building dynamic and versatile wide receiver rooms and Jordan Addison gives you the route running ability one of the best peer separators in college football over the past couple of seasons I did a huge breakdown on Vikings corner actually going through film on Jordan Addison I had been studying him hard throughout the pre-draft process and felt like some of the things he did coincided well with the personnel that Minnesota has where you can bunch up Hawkinson, Justin Jefferson, uh, and Addison, and also move Osborne and Addison to the opposite side of the formation to take away some pressure on Justin Jefferson as well. You look at the numbers, Ross, uh, I wrote it in my piece, what his skills are against man coverage. He averaged 3.28 yards per route run versus man coverage. You look at last year, you know, college in the NFL is different, but Adam Thielen's yards per route run versus man cover dipped significantly between uh, 2021 and 2022. So I see the ability to get open against man coverage as a key here. How dicey our, or are, excuse me, taking wide receivers in the first round? I know conventionally the wisdom has been, especially the last 10, 15 years, it, it can be a bit of a crapshoot, but... If you think you've identified a guy, I think you mm-hmm. have to take that guy, right? I mean, y- y- you do. So I th- I think there could be an element, uh, like with every draft pick house, I don't want to say it's luck, but there are a lot of other factors that go into it other than, oh, this is a good player, so we're going to draft him. You know, there's scheme fits, there's coaching fits, there's personnel fits. But I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, it- it's a it is a position that historically doesn't hit as high as others but that still can't scare you away from drafting a player if you like them. Yeah, and if they maybe had a second-round pick, it could have been a scenario, and I still think it could have been possible, them trying to trade back. I mean, they made that pick very late uh, with about 20 seconds to spare that pick was in, and you could see when they had the draft room camera on that they were definitely working the phones. So the whole draft strategy was different this year because – you maybe would have been able to take a receiver in the second round, go with someone like Deontay Banks in the first. But, you know, the whole the whole thing of it was is the cornerback class, I felt like there were a lot of good options in day two. 
and even day three. So the Vikings felt like Jordan Addison was the best player available, fit their scheme. It sounds like there was something with his back when he ran that first 40-yard dash uh, at the scouting combine that maybe affected that number. And then he couldn't run the second uh, the second time at his pro day because of the rain. It was it was they had no indoor facility at USC, so when it rains, you're you're stuck on the element. So they decided not to do that. So. The Vikings felt comfortable. They had him in for a top 30, had a good visit with him, and felt he checked all the boxes of everything that they're looking for. And that's that's the key, Ross. You talk about wide receivers. It's it's a premium position. you got to have skilled players that stretch out the defense in every way, make defenses, defend every blade of grass. And his skill set is very complementary to what the Vikings already have in their, in their uh, pass-catching room. You mentioned no second round pick for the Minnesota Vikings. They did have a third and a fourth round pick the way this draft ended up shaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love I love the name first off of the third round pick. There's not many better names in the draft than Makai Blackman. I, 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 I didn't see many and I watched literally every pick of this year's draft. There weren't many better names than that. That's the third round pick, a defensive back. Also a defensive back who I think can maybe move all over the field. House, you can explain it better than I can. You can go a bit more in depth. Uh, Jay Ward from LSU. Makai Blackman also from USC. The Vikings draft house for people who pay attention to stupid things that don't really matter like I do. Kind of entertaining from the standpoint of the first two picks they have come from USC. The second two picks they have come from LSU. The fifth pick came from BYU house. There actually was a running back available that they could have drafted in the seventh round. Also from BYU to complete the pairs. They did not do that. They went a different way, but let's talk about those defensive backs in the third and fourth round guys that are, I think are going to be expected at least if, if rotationally to play, you typically don't draft guys in the third and fourth round. If they're not going to have some time on the field for you. Yeah, I liked the Makai Blackman pick. I was actually having a text exchange with a friend of mine that's in the football business, and we got our hands on some film, uh, additional film of Makai Blackman late in the process. And I went through and watched the games, and I said, B-Flow will definitely like Makai Blackman. And I said that because... B-Flow, look at you. I, I like the physicality, the ability to knock receivers off spots, saw that at the senior bowl when I was watching him as well. He definitely stood out in the one-on-ones as someone with some potential, but the movement skills, he's such a fluid mover, good acceleration. And he's got this physical streak to him that I like too, even when tackling on the perimeter. Uh, And he, he feels things so well. He's got great anticipation to get underneath routes, understanding where receivers will come out of the break. And I feel like that's, partly partially because of his background as a high school receiver. And I've done a lot of research on defensive backs this off season, and there's a lot of common denominators and I don't want to get reveal all the common denominators, but one of them is definitely the background of receiver in high school. And it's, it's important because you've got those movement skills, the instincts, the feel for it. It translates really well to the defensive side. So Makai Blackman with more coaching, uh, to tune up the technique, man coverage heavy scheme, going to fit very well in that that sense. Uh, tell us about Jay Ward uh, very quickly. Jay Ward was someone I had my eyes on immediately back in March, and I actually tweeted about it. Versatile, safety, nickel, corner, 
can move all over, help you on special teams, great transition quickness. Uh, the one thing that stood out was his acceleration and deceleration outputs at the senior bowl. And then you go watch the film and see how he moves and can break on the ball, get downhill trigger fast. I see him moving all over the place, giving the Vikings some value just because of his versatility and the dimension that, that he brings physically too. I mean, he's physical. He can be, you know, he tackles pretty well, but I think there's some consistency there to just wrap up a little better, but you know, it, he still tackles pretty good. So I like what I see from him. So the Vikings had two picks in the fifth round. And I would say this is where the draft, the fifth, sixth and seventh round, I think really turns more developmental than the first four rounds. First four rounds, especially, yeah, when you get to second, third, and fourth round, there's typically things you can nitpick at people's games. That's why they're in the second, third, and fourth round, or there's probably reasons why they fell. Fifth round, sixth round, yeah, there's a good shot that a player makes the team, but no guarantees. You look back last year, Minnesota Vikings, they take a Sezi Atomawa in the fifth round. He made the roster, played, and contributed throughout the year. This year, they go defensive tackle with Jaquillian Roy out of, yes, LSU. Again, that theme of players from the same university. The one that most people are going to want to know a lot about and pay the most attention to because he plays the most important position in all of sports. Jaron Hall from the University of BYU goes to the Minnesota Vikings late in the fifth round. Uh, This, again, would classify as a developmental quarterback, but I would ask you this, Daniel House, A player who I believe will turn 25 next season or already is 25. How much more can you develop him? Well, just getting him in an NFL system where they will accentuate his strengths, tune up the mechanics. He already has the ability to make throws at all three levels. I thought he was good at play extension ability, being able to step away from the rush, throw off platform with some different arm angles. Uh, And he was layering some throws over the middle of the field with crossers and things like that. Uh, A lot of quick hitting stuff within that offensive scheme. But, you know, you go and look at the numbers off play action, which Vikings were one of the highest teams in using play action in the NFL last year. Uh, He had an 80% adjusted completion percentage off play action, 16 TDs and five picks. I think it was something like 15 TDs and one interception off non-play action concepts. So he's very efficient with the ball. Uh, I thought that, you know, there are some things that they can do to just clean up mechanically, you know, with footwork and and things like that, that Kevin O'Connell obviously feels like he can unlock because he's bringing him in here. And they did. The, the thing about it, Ross, is here's how what I always say about quarterbacks. It is the toughest position to evaluate from the outside. Yes, you can look at the film and you can go through that, all that. But the the intangible aspect of it, the mental testing the ability to sit down with somebody and put them on the whiteboard and see what they can do, their mental processing. You can pick up pick up some of that on film, but you got to be able to actually meet the person, go through the process, talk to people about them. And that's the angle that we don't get. So the Vikings thoroughly vetted these quarterbacks. They vetted Hall hard. They had him in up in Minneapolis. They They definitely felt like they wanted to look at him. I would say the biggest thing is, age 25 years old but injuries he's had some injury issues he had concussions two concussions in 2019 a season-ending hip injury in 2020 so if he can stay healthy that's going to be one of the biggest keys but i view him as a developmental backup that you know is probably going to be the qb2 
but you just never know. It's good to throw darts and see what happens. And maybe you find a, a potential hidden gem, but there, there are definitely some positive flashes. I want to go through in succession, all the games, and then I'll probably be put together a breakdown going through, uh, you know, the whole process of evaluating them. The way NFL rosters are currently constructed and we've gone away from a fair amount of the COVID protocols and what that allows you to do with your roster the Vikings really won't be able to hide Jaron Hall, correct? If they want him, they're going to have to keep him as as quarterback number two, which I tweeted on Saturday how his draft pick likely means the end of Nick Mullen's time in Minnesota, correct? Or is there a way for maybe half the season you can manipulate and position the roster where Nick Mullins isn't jettisoned right away? And again, we don't need to spend too much time. It's it's the backup quarterback, but it is interesting when you see a guy get drafted when you can tell right away it's going to affect somebody's roster, just like when the Niners took Moody in the third round. Well, you know they didn't draft a kicker in the third round to cut him, so you know that's their place right. kicker to start the year. Right, and and there are definitely ways to potentially stash him. You put him on the 53 maybe initially and then practice squad him, or you know maybe there's not as much interest in that market. I mean, you look at how he slid down the board. I don't know what teams felt like medically with him. I was in potentially thinking that that was something that possibly caused him to, to slide a little further than people were anticipating. But Nick Mullins, they can save $1.3 million in cap space if they release him uh, in camp. So it's definitely a possibility. But I would lean toward Mullins uh, controlling QB2 as of now. But we got to see how he performs in camp in the preseason there. They, they got, they want to evaluate him and, and determine if this is going to work or not. And it's a fifth round pick. It's not like they spent a high draft pick on him. The golden Gophers had another good weekend at the NFL draft. Maybe not their best in recent memory, but pretty darn good house. I'll play a little audio from you from ESPN. It's a bit lengthy, but it's pretty fun to listen to. Take a listen. We're looking for tough. We're looking for dependable. With the 57th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, our New York football giants select John Michael Schmitz, center, Minnesota. Mel, you've been talking a lot about him. The highest praise you can offer a player at this position is to compare him to Jason Kelsey, and there was a lot of that in the scouting reports. Yeah, 41st best player on the big board to get him to 56, 57, I should say, for the New York Giants. You get a kid who is a run blocker. When he latches on, boy, he gets consistent movement, drives defenders off the ball. Yeah, you talk about understanding angles and enables him to do a really good job with contact rate at the second level, pass protection, the technique, the footwork, the alertness. All to my liking, veteran player. You talk about a guy who did a heck of a job. I love a wrestling background for a center, folks. I think you look at that, you love to see it. And even in high school, what he was able to do. Uh, This kid has played a ton of football. I think I said it earlier. Somebody's getting themselves a Pro Bowl center in John Michael Schmitz. Mel Kuyper has been talking about John Michael Schmitz for months. And every time he talks about him, he talks about him with that excitement house i feel like the giants just drafted somebody who's probably going to be their center for seven to ten years it just it just feels like a natural fit for him feels like a good place for him to be they needed a center also he's going to be in an offensive line and in an offensive system that i think suits his game pretty well 
first off, Mel Kuyper, he he is uh, his passion is just unmatched. I absolutely love that guy, and the music gets me hyped. It gets you like every that, time. By the way, that was I, Lawrence Tynes pumping up the uh, the New York Giants. And the their kicker draft pick. always pumps the crowd up. No, I I agree with you, Ross. This is a great situation, and the New York Giants were tied to him throughout the process. I felt like they were potentially a team that would end up targeting him. I thought even as early as the first round, but evidently the way they felt the board would shake out and the insight that they had gotten, they felt like they could get him a little later and they did. And, you know, now you see a blocking scheme in New York that's very diverse. They mix between the zone and gap concepts, which he has a lot of experience in the zone stuff, but he can certainly handle the the gap concepts as well. I wrote about it on the website, how he fits extremely well and has a, has a chance and will start immediately for the New York Giants just based on personnel losses they had this offseason. So couldn't have been a better spot for John Michael, which we've talked at length about his skills. Jordan Howden and Terrell Smith go in the fifth round. Do you like either of their chances to contribute right away in the NFL? Absolutely like Jordan Howden and Terrell Smith's landing spots as well. He's going to be in a scheme where they ask a lot out of their safeties with disguises, you know, cover two man under Tampa two, pure cover two, mixing in quarters, some cover one. Uh, So you got to have coverage sound, versatile, smart safeties to play in that Dennis Allen type of defensive scheme. And the good news is, is Jordan Howden has experience at special teams, so he can carve out a role in that side of it on the roster. They needed some depth at safety, so good landing spot for him. The Bears, they needed cornerback depth. Drafting Terrell Smith makes sense. They added Tariq Stevenson in the second round, drafted Smith in the fifth round. What a wonderful story with Terrell. I mean, he faced some adversity. He didn't get playing time, and he could have easily transferred and left, but he just buckled down and kept working. He focused on improving his technique and his physicality, and he did this huge stretching routine to improve his flexibility, and it paid off in a big way. Leaning and locating on deep balls. Now he gets to play in a Bears zone-based defense, cover two, cover three. Uh, They have some man principles in there, but some of the schematic things that they do with simulated pressures, creepers, fire zone blitzes, all those things are concepts that the Gophers ran in their defense as well. So from a depth chart standpoint, Smith will probably be in that third or fourth cornerback spot and should see rotational action for the Bears. The undrafted free agent I want to spend the most time on would be our guy, Mo Ibrahim. He goes to the Detroit Lions, where he will likely win a Super Bowl next year if he's on the roster. Uh, Were you surprised at all, Daniel House, that he didn't get drafted? I was not. I was exchanging some text messages with friends. Uh, Again, I thought he had a great chance to be drafted. Uh, A good amount of running backs were drafted this year, but I wasn't super surprised. He's older. There's a lot of mileage on those tires. There's a lot of injury history. He's not super fast. I know I had asked you before in the past house if maybe he could bulk up and maybe be a fullback since he can catch the ball a bit. Not surprised at all, but he is a guy that I will cheer for, and I do hope he makes the Detroit Lions roster. Yeah, Detroit, they'll definitely need an RB3, and with the way that they do things, they have one of the most creative rushing schemes in the NFL. They will mix things up week to week based on matchups. It's not like they pigeonhole themselves into a specific system. They'll they'll use whatever they have to do to win the game uh, with from a rushing scheme perspective. So Mo's ability to feel, uh, feel blocks, press the hole, uh, with his good vision, contact balance, ability to run downhill hard and pick up yards after contact, 
all of those things fit well with within what Detroit is trying to do. Uh, I know he had a lot of interest in the undrafted free agency process. So the Lions evidently stuck out as someone he somewhere he felt was a good fit as well during the pre-draft process. I guess I wasn't surprised that he didn't get picked just because I thought he should have probably done some athletic testing during the pre-draft process. Not doing anything was not was kind of an interesting decision, but it's he still ended up in a good spot. Any of the other Gophers that signed undrafted deals, are you intrigued by their landing spots and their potential to perhaps make a practice squad or even an opening day roster? Tanner Morgan's the best fit of all the undrafted free agent signings, even more than Mo. The Steelers needed a third quarterback. They got Mitchell Trubisky as a two right now, but he's uh, only got one year left on his contract. They can release him to save $8 million if they want to. This season, I highly doubt that'll happen, but the Steelers have kept three quarterbacks on their roster since at least 2017, and there are a few connections here. Matt Canada was P.J. Fleck's uh, assistant coach when he was wide re- played wide receiver at Northern Illinois, and then Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach for the Steelers, was O.C. when P.J. Fleck coached wide receivers for Greg Schiano in Tampa. And I look at the offense. Matt Canada wants to be an RPO play action type of offense. They ran about four RPOs per game last year, which ranked in the middle of the league with Kenny Pickett taking over. I'd expect that number to increase. So Tanner comes in here with an offensive scheme that has some similarities, both from a blocking scheme standpoint, from a passing concept and route tree standpoint, all those things are similar. And you get him in here, let him work, show what he does with the experience side of it. And then, you know, his smarts to add value to the quarterback room. I see a path to him potentially being the third quarterback for Pittsburgh. No, man, you just, I, I was going to put words in your mouth and say, you heard it here first. Daniel house has Tanner Morgan as the number two week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But no, no, no. <laughs> I would say QB three, QB three is definitely the, uh, the spot for him in Pittsburgh. But to your point, that is one team that holds the, tra- well, I don't even want to say traditional anymore, but for the longest time in the NFL teams held three quarterbacks, they don't typically mm-hmm. anymore. The Steelers do so could potentially be a great spot for Tanner Morgan. A great spot for you is beans coffee company and coffee by beans.com. Hey, it finally is spring. We have some 50 and 60 degree temperatures consistently throw it in with some seventies. That also means it's time for that beans coffee company pop-up shop. They're taking reservations. They offer hot and cold espresso drinks, drip coffee, and so much more. It's a great treat for your office, a great treat for your employees, special events and fundraisers. You can book that pop-up shop at coffeebybeans.com. That's coffeebybeans.com. You can even go there for more information on that pop-up shop and all the tremendous coffee blends that they have. You know, I love the Perfectus and the Mikado, but there's a blend for everybody. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT at checkout. That is SPORTSCHAT at checkout. You'll save a little bit of cash and help support Minnesota Sports Chat. Beans Coffee Company, they ship anywhere in the U.S. with free shipping on all orders of $35 or more. Coffeebybeans.com. That's coffeebybeans.com. Promo code SPORTSCHAT. Daniel, Pro Football Focus put out their way too early mock draft for next year. They have your Minnesota Vikings selecting Quinn Ewers. Your thoughts? Let's go, Quinn Ewers. (laughs) The quarterback class is solid uh, next year, so I would anticipate the Vikings are looking for the QB of the future. 
next draft class and we'll see where they're positioned draft pick wise and what they can do asset from an asset perspective but i would anticipate the vikings are going quarterback it just didn't shake out while they didn't have the ability to get up far enough to get the quarterback that they wanted without mortgaging the future so keep an eye on next year being that that draft where the vikings go for the future quarterback pff was i think fairly high on the viking season next year because i think that ewers pick was at 21 or 23 which means i they believe that they believe the minnesota vikings will make the playoffs and by the way it's very early but i also do believe the minnesota vikings will make the playoffs don't know if they'll win the division but i do think they'll make the playoffs next year if uh kirko chains stays healthy All right, let's do this, Daniel. We haven't done this for the longest time. I'm going to give you the cheap podcast open, and I'm going to hit you with five filler questions on the way out the door, okay? Okay, I'm ready. All right, five filler, filler, filler questions. Question number one for Daniel House from MN Vikings Corner and Gophers Guru. Relaxing on a Sunday, Daniel, which I know you never do, and you can't choose golf because that's not an option here. Relaxing on a Sunday. You reading a good book or are you catching up on a show? Ooh, well, I can't. I can't say I watch golf. Mm-mm. No, I can't say that. That's what no, I always get, do. You on get Sunday. one or two. You're reading a good book. Hey, what? You're catching I'm up in, on a I'm show. Into, I'm into American Idol this year. <laughs> of course you are. I enjoy. I enjoy watching American Idol. What's the I, What's the tape show on American Idol? That's what I want to know. Well, you know, I'm a music guy. That's what people might know. know about you me. Are. I am big into music, so I enjoy watching what everybody picks for song choices and their stage presence, and I, I enjoy evaluating uh, all the American Idol contestants. That'll be your new website, mnamericanidol.com, <laughs> featuring oh. the writings of Daniel House. I'm halfway through The Diplomat on Netflix. So far, I'm enjoying it. So that that's what I got for you. Uh, question number two, five filler questions. What frozen pizza are you crushing on these days? I can tell you two. I'm back to Heggies or Hedgies, however you want to say it. And the Kirkland cauliflower crust pizzas are pretty good at Costco. Well, here's the deal. I, I've become making my own pizza, flatbread oh, pizzas. That's a great play. I do that on occasion too. And I've got a sauce recipe that has been just absolutely elite. It has been the best tasting sauce that I can find. And it, it you put some fresh mozzarella on there, and it it just tastes amazing. It's been a clutch find by me. Arby's has horsey sauce. You need to market and sell housey sauce. Housey sauce? Yeah, how about that? I like that. That's good marketing. Yeah, there you go. You know, I used to do a lot of marketing back in the day, I, I and I still do some of it. Not, housey sauce. Not a point of contention at all, by the way. Question number three. What state is more likely to attack Minnesota in an act of war? Wisconsin? <laughs> Iowa? Or we'll lump the Dakotas into one. Hashtag one Ooh. Dakota. Who's coming after us? Uh, the conventional wisdom would be Wisconsin, but I don't think so. I would I would feel Iowa as a potential revolt just because the, of the passion between the Iowa and Minnesota fans. Well, I, I feel it's deeper maybe than the even than the Wisconsin-Minnesota rivalry. I think on the Minnesota side, it might be deeper right now if you're a college football fan just because it's yeah. been forever since the Gophers have beaten the Hawkeyes. So I can get behind that. 
I I think Minnesota and Wisconsin, aside from sports house, there's way too much in common. There's yeah. more that unites us than divides us. I can yeah. get behind Iowa. I could also see Canada. If Canada really wanted to one day show their uh, place in the world, that they would come at Minnesota. But I didn't put them on the list because it was state, not country. <laughs> Question number four. Daniel House, you're taking a trip to Canton, Ohio on a moped. So only oh, wow. one person can come with you, and it's going to take you three weeks to get there because you're on a moped. Who's coming with you to Canton? Ooh. Canton, Ohio on a moped. Well, I, I rule a few people out in my head already. <laughs> um, I would probably bring my friend Taylor with because uh, he he's he he's very adaptive in crisis situations and i feel we'd have some we'd have some moments where we'd need him to uh, potentially intervene and just uh get us there keep me calm you also uh, need I, I, a couple tiny people you know and you're pretty svelte yourself right if you're bringing them on a moped you gotta be you couldn't bring me i would take up too much space on your moped yeah, yeah, and my friend's my friend uh, is a deputy sheriff, so we could just maybe get a police escort there or something. I don't know. Final question for you, question number five of five filler questions. I actually don't know the answer to this question. You a Coke or a Pepsi guy? You know, Ross, if you ask people close to me, I don't drink soda all that much. And if it is, it's a specialty soda where it's it's bubble up is number one. And you know that. But if I had to choose, it's it's without a doubt, it's Coke over Pepsi. But I just don't drink all that much brand name pop. I don't drink much these days, much uh, pop either. But when I do, it's often I still think uh, pizza and pop is just the best thing ever. So, it, I like sparkling water. That's that's my game yeah. now. The Aha sparkling water. Okay, a little mm-hmm. little bubbly, little Lacroix. Yeah, that's that's what you're, I use. You're like me though. You'll also put Mio or knockoff Mio in your water, right? I, I adult mm-hmm. Kool Aid, as my brother-in-law calls it. <laughs> adult Kool Aid. I'm never calling it <laughs> Mio again. It's adult. It's adult Kool Aid. Uh, hot tip, the Target, I think Target calls theirs Market Pantry. Their knockoff version is not bad if you're into knockoffs like I am to save a penny or two. That's all I got for you, Daniel. Good stuff. I, I think I'm going to give you a break for a bit now, but believe it or not, less than four months till PJ and uh, why my bl- and Matt Rule. I was blanking on his name. Yeah, well, you just you, you didn't sing Believe It or Not. That's what I was disappointed <laughs> with. You know, I um, I, I and I'm not even gonna, I'm just going to say a couple words here and I'm not going to say anything despairing. Are you shocked that I went 35 minutes and didn't rip the spring game and the Gophers? I I thought for sure it was coming. Nope, I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it go. <laughs> I'm letting it go. My my piece has been said. The Gophers are well aware of of how I feel about this and um I, I did go back and watch the spring game from what I could watch from those low camera angles and understand. And uh, I'm happy they appear to have made it out of the game without being um, damaged at all. And I'm glad it was nice and warm inside. Apparently, the, Ross, apparently I, the heat was working. You you are the most passionate spring game guy <laughs> I have ever seen. I, I have never heard of somebody get so 
upset over a spring game, man. There were there were people in this building who shall remain nameless, who maybe work on the TV side, who were calling me at my desk just to stir the pot about the game. They knew exactly how to poke you. <laughs> they they knew. And I knew I knew the minute that game got canceled, I'm like, oh no. I, Ross is going to snap because this is his event. This this tells you how passionate Ross is about Gopher football yeah. because he he was literally devastated that the Gophers canceled that spring game. Don't don't let to the fans. Don't let when my perceived negativity comes across that I despise the Gophers. Because I don't. Nobody, nobody loves Gopher programs. You go to every game, man. Yeah. You are you are a big, <laughs> big supporter. Yeah, more more than I do. I, at this point, to me, it's more just comical than anything. And I will say yeah. this, and this is this will be the final dig. And and I hope Paul Rovnak knows that I don't despise him, and I love PJ, and I love PJ Flack. I, I really do. Um, I do find the hilarity that both the St. Saint Paul Saints and Minnesota Twins played games outdoors that day. The summer base, the summer baseball teams. Here's what I'll say. I'm glad nobody got hurt. Me too. That's number one. That's number one. And I'm glad that they were able to use the scoreboard inside to simulate (laughs) game situations because they would have been able to do that there. Like, what's the value when you don't have a scoreboard at the stadium? You can't simulate okay. game okay. situations. Okay, see, now you're getting me going. Okay. It's when, situational football. No, I get it, but when you scheduled the game and said it was open to the fans, you knew the scoreboard wouldn't be ready. So, you know, to start using that as a reason why you closed it to the fans is preposterous. Now no. you're Now you're stirring the pot with me. I tried. I, I tried avoiding this. Look what you're doing to me. No, no. I, I just, I had to get you. I had to get you riled up a little bit. Um, I, honestly, I really am looking forward to it. It seems, House. It seems incredible to think that Gopher football is less than four months away, and we absolutely, and we've had only three days above eighty degrees this year. I'm like, I got to play a lot of golf in the next month because before (laughs) I know it, before I know it, my schedule is, it's going to be packed. Well, send me dates and I'll make it uh, out, out your way pending Minnesota and Wisconsin are not at war and I'm allowed to get over there. And we will, uh, we'll play the uh, third year of the Minnesota sports chat open in which I need to get on the board because if I fall down three matches to zero, History says I will not win the next four to win the series. So we really need we really need to get one, and hopefully it'll be this. I was close last year. Last year I was very disappointed. I played a front nine that was really good, like only single digits over. Yeah. And I was still losing to you, and I said, well, that's the best nine I can play. Well, and, and I played like the best, best nine I could possibly play that day too. So, oh, Well, don't rub it in, okay? Don't rub it in. Well, I'm just saying I I I stepped it up. You you bring out the motivational competitive spirit in me. You know, that's what I do. You know, when I troll and rip on Minnesota sports teams and then the game swings on a dime and they do well, I always say I inspire. I dialed I just dial in when when the match starts. And I'm I will be prepping. I will have played a lot of golf by then. So I'm more excited about where we're going for pizza. That's I mean, look at me. Well, I'm more excited we'll, about the maybe pizza we'll than do the golf. My, my housey sauce pizza. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe. Daniel, anything you want to plug at uh, Gophers Guru or uh, MN Vikings Corner? 
there will be a lot of content coming out study-wise on Gophers Guru, things that I've been working on behind the scenes that you can check out. So subscribe for $5 a month. You can check that out. Right now, I got stuff on the NFL draft, fits for the players that were selected and signed. And then recapping spring ball, lots of stuff on what I saw while I was at practice for the four open sessions. So head over to gophersguru.com to check it out. Love it. At Daniel House NFL on the Twitter machine. I am now at the Ross Brendel. Daniel, thank you. Thanks, man. It's Mr. Daniel House. He'll be back uh, at some point this summer also to preview Gopher football, probably at some point in August. And I think you want to do weekly again on the Gopher football team? I'm putting Heck, you on the spot. Let's do it, man. Let's do it right there. Perfect. Absolutely. Signed, sealed, delivered. He's ours, Daniel House. That'll do it for edition number 164 of Minnesota Sports Chat. I'm back again next week. Thank you so much to Daniel House. Thank you to you for listening and telling your family and friends. I'm Ross Brendel. We'll talk again soon.